Today's episode of To Be Honest is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think NFL tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. Hey, I'm glad you guys are listening. Welcome back to To Be Honest. I am your host, D'Angelo Williams, and your co-host, Jake Seeley. Jake, welcome back. You have now elevated yourself a lot higher than you did last week because <laughs> I heard some of the topics that we're going to be talking about, and I love you, man. I absolutely love you. Uh, I'm going to let you drive the bus today. You be careful. <laughs> this is a fragile. This is an antique. So you make sure you don't damage my bus when you bring it back. No, we'll see. So we're you, gonna go wherever you take us. You're leaving me the bus because you're leaving the country, so you don't need a bus because you can't get where you're getting without a bus. So, <laughs> true, I mean, true, that's the only true. reason. Let's I'm, be honest. That's to be honest. That, that's the I'm only reason honest. I get it. I'm, I'm letting. You, see, I wasn't gonna give the backstory up on why you was driving the bus because I won't be here. But you got the keys. It doesn't matter. The situation shouldn't matter. Whether I gave you the keys out of the goodness of my heart or whether I gave you the keys out of a difficult situation, the fact of the matter remains is I gave you the keys. You gave you them to take me. take care that's, of it like it's yours. That's all that matters. All right. Well, I'll, yes. I'll definitely. I'm, I'm actually going to London. I, I'm going to let everybody know where I'm going now since you pulled a rat yeah, out of that. Yeah. I'm going to London. Uh, quite. I, I'm going to support the Carolina Panthers as a you know, go Hold figure, up. right? A lot of Hold people up. think that I hate them. You That's what I was I gonna say. Don't, Panthers, don't you don't you hate the entire organization? Why why do you think I hate the entire organization? I don't. Jake? Everybody does though. You, you because they see yeah, you. I, Here's why. I'll tell you why from the fans' perspective. I know you don't, but I can tell you I understand why. Because people see you any chance you get to trash Dave Gettleman, and even though he's gone, they just think that you hate the Panthers because you hate Dave Gettleman and you hated the organization and hated them while you were there. People just assume you just hate the Panthers. Well, see, here's the problem, Jake, and and, and I hope a lot of people understand this and a lot of people get this, and I hope a lot of people listen to this, especially the Carolina Panther fans. And this is me talking to the Carolina Panther fans uh, as a – uh, 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 old Carolina Panther, a retired uh, football player as well. My issue that I had with the Carolina Panthers is the fact that they use my mom name and likeness uh, for breast cancer awareness month. And they celebrated this woman in her greatest time when she was making the Carolina Panthers look absolutely amazing. The pink started there in Carolina and it's going to continue there or in some fashion, right? It's crucial catching out. And it's a lot going on. Well, when my mom passed away, nobody talked to me about it. Nobody issued me, you know, their condolences or anything like that. It's not like I was looking for them. But my thought process is if you're going to celebrate me when I'm alive, then the least you can do is send a card, flowers or recognize when I die. That was the issue that I had with the Carolina Panthers organization. Right. So I, I'm thinking like, you know, hey, after this is all over, said and done, the least they can do is give me an apology. T- 
to this day, I still have yet to get an apology. But what I have gotten is, is I have gotten a lot of issues and a lot of flack and a lot of kickback from the fans saying that I was talking bad about their organization. Well, look, you know, we don't all get it right the first time, second time, third time, but we don't get it right at all sometimes. So the least you can do as a fan is say, hey, maybe there's something there. And because there's something there, I'm going to respect that and I'm going to fall back. Fans don't do that. They feel like, hey, since I pay my my general admission or I buy my ticket, you know, I quote unquote pay your salary. Like that's (laughs) like me saying that to a police officer when I get pulled over, no, I'm doing wrong. And to say, Hey, you know, I pay your, uh, I, I, I pay your, uh, bills. I necessarily, I write your check. I'm a taxpayer. You shouldn't be treating me like this. So then why are you going to London then? I I'm going to London because I don't have an issue with the team, the team itself, the players that are in that locker room, the coaching staff, that's in that locker room, I do not have a problem with. The problem that I have now, not the problem I had then, but the problem I had now is the fact that, you know what thank yous mean to me? You know what I I apologize mean to me? These what they mean to me. It means that I did something wrong and I apologize for doing what it is that I did wrong. That's why we apologize in America and that's why in America, we're so forgiving because when you apologize to somebody, you just in turn told that person, look, I did something wrong. I know you didn't like it. I'm admitting the guilt and I'm apologizing for it, meaning I'm going to get better. Correct? Correct. But if you never receive an apology, then how do you know that they did something wrong? You don't. <laughs> exactly. Or even if they even felt like they did anything wrong. I was going to say that was the bigger part is like they might even consider the fact that they did anything. They might just think they're fine and all well and good. So then before we even get into all the rest of it, like the Cowboys today, Saquon Barkley, the Mason Rudolph, all that type of stuff. I know you do have one more problem with the Panthers and Kyle Allen and everybody anointing this team and their three straight wins is all of a sudden they're better than they were without Cam Newton. That that pisses me off (laughs) more than anything with the Carolina fans. And I've been sitting here at my house since I've been retired and went on to the Carolina, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Carolina Panther fans have been telling me day in and day out. Some of them, not all, Um, you know, don't you ever dare talk about Cam like that? Don't you ever disrespect him? You know, he was the leading rusher. He did this, 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 and this. Everything that the fans are saying about Cam now since Kyle Allen is there and has won these last three games. I've been saying his entire career. The problem Cam had is, and Cam is his own worst enemy. If Cam wouldn't have never had 2015 had been the NFL MVP and threw for all those yards and going to a Super Bowl, he'd have never had the issues that he's having now because that's the only season where people saw where Cam was truly Superman. He was putting up those Patrick Mahomes numbers, correct? Yeah. So now that he had that one great season, because if you take that season out of his his repertoire, his portfolio, he's just an average quarterback. So you took an average quarterback that played out of his mind for one year and everybody's holding him to that one year. That's what's dooming Cam is that one Super Bowl year. 
Had he not had that, he'd have still been the quarterback everybody thought he was. However, introduce Kyle Allen into the foe. Cam Newton is Cam Newton with the dress attire and all the extra stuff, him having fun on the field. People can't handle that from their quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are not supposed to do that. Quarterbacks are role models. You should see me doing a quotation, the air quotation. <laughs> quarterbacks are role models. They don't supposed to look like they're having fun. They supposed to look like Eli Manning. They supposed to be like Tom Brady. When Tom Brady show emotion, people love it because he's a winner. He wins all the time. His numbers reflect his oh, attitude. Yeah. He's demanding well, more, D'Angelo. Absolutely. He's demanding more. But if Cam Newton or somebody do that, that's not winning. They're just they're a distraction to the team. They'll become an issue later, and we have to get rid of them. Odell Beckham. So with that being said, with Kyle Allen being in the position that he's in right now, and they're anointing him at quarterback, his production off the field when in terms of how he dressed, how he carries himself, that was way too much than him winning. But now that you're winning, i.e. Jaguars when they was winning with Minshew, Minshew mania and all the stuff, there was nothing different from him and Cam as it relates to off the field. He had that 70s look. Cam had that look. I can't describe it. He just had that look, right? So once your production off the field eclipses your production on the field, then you have to go. Fans want to see something new. They want to see something different, and they're getting that in Kyle Allen. Whether he wins or whether he loses, they don't have to worry about their quarterback doing the airplane, jets coming on the field, off the field. They don't have to worry about how he's going to dress what he's going to look like. They know exactly what they're getting with Kyle Allen. So they can win and lose with this guy. They can't win and lose with Cam because Cam has showed them something. So I I really, it really drives me up the wall when these fans say, hey, we're better with Kyle Allen than we are with Cam Newton. They also are not asking Kyle Allen to go out there and do the stuff that they asked Cam Newton to do when he was there. No, they're not. It's a completely different no, there's situation. Not I mean, it's completely different system. offense completely different offense they are treating him like a quarterback and not treating him like they treat cam they treat cam like he's a really good running back with an okay arm so let's this ties in perfectly though because you talked about tom brady in this conversation you're talking about quarterbacks that you have problems with when they play in a different style or over their head or over the expectations and i know you hate this team uh, are the Cowboys who they thought we were? You, you've been trashing the Cowboys since day one, and they've now lost two in a row since they've been playing real teams. And Dak Prescott, if he's on your team, I, I want you to look at it two different ways. I know the second one's going to be tough for you, D'Angelo, because you hate the Cowboys, and you've been saying this I the entire time. So are we concerned about the Cowboys? And then on the flip side, try just for a moment to put you on your that team and say, if Dak is your teammate, are you trying to coach him up yourself as a player? Are you saying anything in general, or are you just going to let him play through it? Well, first of all, I don't give a damn about the Cowboys. I want to make <laughs> sure you know that and all the people listening know that. I dislike the Cowboys with every fiber of my being. I deal with the Cowboy fans because I have family members that are Cowboys fans. If I didn't have family members that was Cowboy fans, I damn them too. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm going to proceed this way. I wouldn't tell Dak Prescott anything because everybody's telling him he was God gift to football. He was the next Patrick Mahomes, blah, 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 blah. Cowboys, we're going to the ship this year. We're going to go undefeated. And then reality hits them in their face. 
That's what the problem is with fantasy and fantasy football is that when reality hits you in your face, you can't deal with it because you you really want to deal with this fantasy versus this reality. And you try to find a way to get there. And there's no way that they're going to find a way to get there. There's nothing to tell Dak. I mean, what what are you going to tell him? He's the biggest thing in Dallas right now. Ezekiel Elliott should be. But Dak is the biggest. Why? Because he hasn't gotten paid. Um, he was playing at a high level and I'm not so sure if he's still playing at a high level. It's just that with that defense that you talked about in week one, that same strong defense is going to get them to the Super Bowl. What are they at now, Jake? What are they at, Jake? Now, Doug, what are they whoa, at, Jake? Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. What I never said they were, you I never, up and down. No, no. I never said they were getting to the Super Bowl. About that Cowboys defense. What are they at, Jake? Hey, they held, the, at, Jake? They held the Saints to 12. <laughs> what, what are they at, Jake? Uh, they can't stop the run. Well, I'll say that. This gets worse. I mean, so everything you're saying, it's not even the fact that, hey, they're Super Bowl contenders. Hey, the Dak Prescott's net Patrick Mahomes. No, 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 no. I don't, did you catch what Jerry Jones said about Dak Prescott? He didn't say Patrick Mahomes. He said somebody else. I think he's more like uh, uh, Brady. I think uh, now I'm not going to uh, – <laughs> we know Tom Brady and he's no Tom Brady. I yes. Say that. He will evolve and is evolving into uh, a guy that will beat you. And he will beat you with uh, different circumstances and different players and different type teams. He'll be on teams that have better defense than others. He'll be on teams that have better protection than others. I think we got us one in that. Are you uh, Are you, you cool with this? I sounded like you dropped your microphone over there. No, no, I, di- I didn't. I I. <laughs> Give me, give me a minute, Jake. I got to plug in my computer uh, because it's it's saying four percent, and we know at four percent we can't beat anybody with that. So hold on. Anytime you have a battery life in anything that says four percent, what do you do? You charge it, right? <laughs> so I I'm not so sure that Jerry Jones he didn't charge his batteries when he woke up to talk that day. <laughs> obviously stayed up late last night uh that night before didn't get much sleep so his comments got ahead of got ahead of what he really wanted to say because if you can recall when Ezekiel Elliott was going through his holdout he said Zeke who like you know I don't need Zeke uh you know I've never nobody's ever won a championship with uh um a leading rusher correct Said right. Emma so, Smith, something, yeah, along that line. line. Yeah, along that line. But then he comes back in the same breath a few days or months later and says, Who the hell is Dak Prescott beat, Jake? First of all, let me let's 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 just be honest. Who the hell is Dak Dak beat? In the playoffs or just in general? I mean, because so far in, this in season, general, what team has Dak beat? Uh I would say probably just the Giants in week one, and that's about it. I, I'm so confused because when when you just said that, I'm thinking like, man, like Jerry, he's he probably drink a lot of scotch, a uh, <laughs> lot of bourbon. Uh, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. It was in his drunken stupor that he was like, you know what? Tom Brady and Dak Prescott are very similar. And the fact that they play quarterback, that's it. <laughs> it's the only similarities that they have because Dak's not going to go out there and he's not going to beat you. He doesn't have that Tom Brady 
presence when it relates to stepping out on the field because if he did he wouldn't have eight or nine in the box they prioritize in stopping who the best player is on your field on the field at any given time on your offense and that's ezekiel elliott so jerry you paid the guy that you were supposed to pay but i'm gonna correct you in what you should have said you should have said dak who (laughs) <laughs> not Zeke. That's what you should have said. <laughs> to your point, do you do you want to guess last year who his top receiver was? Do you remember? Uh, Dak Prescott's top receiver, Mark yeah. Cooper. Yeah, in nine yeah. games with them, as in he did nothing with the other wide. To your point, I'm I'm giving you a point until he actually had a talent like Amari Cooper. Still wasn't even doing that much because Cole Beasley, Michael Gallup, the rookie, and Tavon, and all the rest of them. Tom Brady's turned wide receivers into relevant people like Deion Branch. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm a firm believer the great ones make everybody else around them good or great that are not even supposed to be in that good or great category. Right. Good players or so-so players make everybody around them great or better or worse in certain situations. There's a variance there. So when you're great. You make everybody good or great behind you or around you not worse but when you're just a good player you elevate some people sometimes in certain situations because i was looking at Dak yesterday and i was like dude what the hell is he doing right so let's talk about it a great talent and when you and i and we've texted about it saquon barkley who had a high ankle sprain or has a high ankle sprain, has been talking about how he's coming back quicker than ever before and he wants to be out there. And I, quote, quote, Saquon Barkley, I've never said I was going to be out four to eight weeks and all that talk. And they're talking about getting him out there against Thursday night football, Patriots defense. It didn't look like this was going to, like, I, you know this. I said I would eat crow if he, would, if, if he played before week seven against the I Cardinals. Said that. But Wayne Gallman got a concussion. If you are on the coaching side of this, D'Angelo, do you let Barkley play on Thursday night if he wants to against the Patriots? And have you ever had a high ankle sprain and think that this is perceivable for him to even come back? I I have had a high ankle sprain. Um, I was out six to eight weeks. I came back in week seven. Uh, I remember playing the Saints on a Thursday night and, and still felt a little bit, you know, in my ankle. I'm... If I'm a coach, I'm not letting him go out there at all. Not even considering if it's a six to eight week injury, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. And here's why. Every fan out there that's like, oh, he's going to come back early. He should come back early. Every media outlet out there that says he's superhuman. Oh, this is unbelievable. He looked like he can play tomorrow. Why would you hold this guy back? You know, blah, 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 blah. You cannot say that. And in the same breath, say the NFL and their safety policies need to get better. Think about that, Jake. You you want a guy to come back. He got a six to eight week diagnosis. You see him warming up in practice or doing whatever it is he's doing in practice. And you're trying to rush this man back. But at the same breath, you look over here on the other side and you see guys get hit and banged up. And you're talking about player safety. Does this not fall in the player safety category? 100%. Six to eight weeks is what the doctor said. A professional doctor said this. And we take our eyes and we have a profession in another business that has nothing to do with the medical field and say, hey, this guy needs to be back 
that he should be playing because he's dynamic because I'm worried about my freaking fantasy team. Fuck you. <laughs> Trust me. As a fan, as a fantasy or whatever, I don't want to see him out there. I don't care. I, I'm this, this, There's no reason to put him out there. This is just stupid in my opinion, no matter how much. So forget that fan well, and all talk that to some of the, why don't you talk to some of those people jake like you let's help us help him because there's <laughs> no no, no. There's no, no. so that's where i'm going that's where i'm going yeah. hold on d'angelo i say you need to talk to saquon because if he's out there saying i want to come back what can the team do like like shouldn't the team like step in like so what do you do when the player himself is pushing that hard well well that's the thing when you're on IR and you're not playing, the friendships that you have with certain guys, they change because you're not out on the field and you're not connecting with them on a like a joke level, watching one of your teammates maybe get ran over or something like that when you're watching film. You don't have anything in common. So that's what he want to get back to, having those conversations with his offensive linemen and them talking about the same thing versus them talking about something different. It's the relationships, not necessarily the plan. But that's what coaches are here for, coaches and doctors. They're here to protect players from themselves. I'll give you a case in point. Guys that get concussions all the time and they come back in the same day or in the same game, they stop that. It's doctors protecting players from themselves because we we see ourselves as gridiron athletes. When we police ourselves and we say, hey, we're injured and we take ourselves out, and the doctors say, well, he could have played. Then fans get mad at us and they get pissed at us because they feel like we point shaving or, you know, we're protecting ourselves and we're being selfish. But when it's the other way around, when we can come back early and we got a six to eight week diagnosis, you want to push us in early, even though we're not what we should be uh, doing that six to eight week process. You want to get us back in there early. So player safety is player safety, whether you back early or not. If it's six to eight weeks, damn it, you're going to see me in six to eight weeks. <laughs> All right. So. I shouldn't have to be back in two or three weeks because my body is healed fast enough to give me back two or three weeks. But what people don't understand is Saquon Barkley is an absolute animal when he's healthy. You put him in there right now, if he was to come back, he's going to be an average running back, and then you're going to be even more pissed because he didn't give you the production that you thought he should be because in your eyes, he looked healthy. I'm 100% with you on this one. So let's continue with the whole player safety, and you talk about the concussions, the situation with Mason Rudolph this past week, and then on top of it, what made matters worse was it wasn't just the concussion because you know there's debates out there. It's like he jumped into the air. Was I don't think the hit was intentional. He obviously wasn't even ejected from the game for the hit. But it's not that. It's that he was clearly out. He was out before he even hit the ground. You saw him go stiff. And then he can't get to the locker room without being walked off because the cart was broken. D'Angelo, like, have you ever seen this before? And if this was you, would you be like coming at? Would you try to sue the NFL? Jake, I this was I'm gonna tell you my emotional state when this all happened. So when he hit him and he went down and he wasn't moving and they didn't show the hit at first, they just showed the pass. So you didn't know exactly what happened. He was laying on the ground. And all I can think about is Ryan Shazier. That's what popped into my head. And I'm like, oh God, hmm. he's not moving. Is this another spinal cord injury? So as I'm looking at it, and then they reverse the they reverse the film, and you got to see what happened, and he get hit, and he get knocked out, and you can see like the body freeze up. 
you was like, this is a devastating hit because he could hit from the player and then he hits the ground. And I'm just like, damn, he got a concussion. Okay. That's better than a spinal injury, but it's still awful. And I'm like, just get up, just get up. And as I'm going through this sequence, I'm serious. And then he comes to, and he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, oh, great. I get the clap and I'm like, all right. And then they just get outright comical from that point on, because this is a billion dollar company that in a couple of months, that's going to fight to take more money back from the players. Cause the CBA deal will be up 2020. And they, they, they want more money because they feel like the players are getting way too much money as they, they get right now, but can't have a cart fix for a guy that's injured in the game. Like the guy got up and he was walking like the damn scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz when he got off the damn pole. I'm like, dude, this is unre- This is the national. This is a billion dollar company right here. This is a billion dollar company with millionaires that are in the league. Granted, uh, Rudolph is not there yet, but he'll eventually get there. Billion dollar company, million dollar assets. And this is what you're putting on display. They had to push the damn cart off the field. I'm like, this is a, this is a game full of freaking cry- clowns. Unbelievable. That's uncalled for. And then they put out a statement that said that, hey, we had a backup card on the other sideline. It was ready if he needed it. But he said he didn't need it. Like, so first of all, you're going to listen to a guy don't even know the hell he is that says he's good. The, the quote from them was he didn't even know he was there. <laughs> But that's what they said. They said he was right. okay that he wanted to walk out. He walked off on his own accord. No, he did not. He walked off with two big men holding him, and everybody looked like they was lost because they there was no cart. There was no – like nothing worked out for the Pittsburgh Steelers at all that day. And if I'm the head coach, if I'm Coach Tomlin, and I'm the coaching staff, and I'm the owner of that ball club, I am pissed not only at – the product that we put out on the field, but the product that we put surrounding the field. No, I mean, you, you made the reference. It looked like there was another one weekend from Bernie's. I mean, it looked like two guys it was trying to awful dude. Yeah. It was awful. Like, how can you put your guy through that situation? That's, that's not even the worst part though, Jake. The worst part is, is he had family and friends watching that game and know him, know him. Not know him like we know him, like watching him on TV, but know him and watched him walk off and felt super shitty because of what they just saw. Yeah, even the opposing players, there's quotes from all of them, including the hit. Yeah, but you want Saquon Barkley to come back early. Man, no, I, want I don't. Saquon Barkley. <laughs> I look at this game right here and I'm saying, man, I'll be back in six to eight weeks. <laughs> That's when I'm fully healthy. I'm not playing at 48%. I'm not playing at 58%. I'm playing at the percentage that I know my body will make it through an NFL game because once Saquon Barkley come back, they're not going to use him like he just came back from injury. They're going to use him because that's all they have. So, so if he's going to go back to his 40 if you're st- touches. If you're still playing and you're with the Steelers and you're Mason Rudolph's teammate and you hear Earl Thomas apologize and you saw the hit, are you mad at him at all? Or are you, is all your focus just on the NFL and this whole car situation at this point? I'm I'm all my all my direction and attention is pointed at this car situation. And this is why the NFL know players know and the coaches know that injuries are 100 percent of this game. That's why we have the best medical doctors out there. That's why we have the best equipment was supposed to have the best equipment. Um, it drove out there fine. 
I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, when that happened and it broke down, all I can think of is Marshawn Lynch at Cal on a damn equipment <laughs> driving cart around. driving around. I'm like, out of all the equipment carts that could have broke down, why his didn't break down? His should have broke down in Cal. Now he's driving a cart across the field. <laughs> We wouldn't have had that epic drive scene in the middle of the field. And then he he reenacted that when he went back. But this cart doesn't work when they needed it. This was a vicious hit. But listening, listening to the apology and you could tell it wasn't anything of ill will like he was trying to do it because when he when he hit him, it's not like he was out when he hit the ground. He was out well before he hit the ground. They were both in the air and it was helmet to helmet contact. It was unintentional. So I I will accept his apology, but I will not accept an apology from the National Football League because, I mean, at this point, you're negligent. And you're, and you're not wrong. All right, so. You're negligent because what if it come down to a couple of seconds? And I told my wife, I said, Those, these are one of the, that's one of those hits where you completely forget your wife and kids and not know them for a couple of hours. Like they come in a room and they just look like complete strangers. That's how hard that hit was. Oh, I'm with you. Like I, in just a real quick version, I want to give you everybody like the in-depth story, but I had a buddy in high school that I picked him up from an away game who got concussed right before the end of the first half, played the entire second half. When I picked him up was made no sense so i brought him back home we were supposed to hang out the next day he told me in the second half when he threw for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns he doesn't remember one second of that game really really doesn't remember throwing any of the second half passes that he threw well i'm a one-up you well it's not really a one-up it's just (laughs) me telling my story because yours is way better than mine i'm in college (laughs) we're playing the old miss rebels i am a freshman in college and we play the old miss rebels we get beat uh, but that's not the story here. The story is I uh, they was teaching me dual protection. So I dueled over. I came in. I cut a guy. got a knee to the helmet. Go to the sideline, dude. I don't. Well, before I went to the sideline, I ran two or three other plays. Ran them to perfection. Had no clue. I don't remember any of that. I don't remember anything but sitting on the sideline. This is how crazy this is. I come back, right? And I'm like, damn, how did I get my football stuff on? How did I get my gear on? Uh, I'm all discombobulated. They was like, oh, he's back. I'm talking to him. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm fine. I took my ass back in there, Jake. (laughs) Finished the game. Finished the game. After I finished the game, went home. I threw up. Didn't know that that was symptoms of a concussion. But this is just how far we've come from 2002 versus 2019. But apparently we ain't come far enough to where they can still, gas up the damn the vehicle the still doesn't work to get you off the right. field. <laughs> All yes. right. Well, let's talk about people getting out of places <laughs> as well because we have our first coach fired. And if you remember, it's my pick, D'Angelo. I win this you did one. Say that. You, yep. did, you did. You did. You won it. Jay Gruden, the first one out the door. Uh, so here's the question: It's not even so much about Jay Gruden being the first one out the door. Is Adam Gase, despite only being there so far for now? five weeks in four games should he be the next one out the door because here's the you talk about coaches and not reporting and doing things and thinking ahead and all this type of stuff 
Sam Darnold, who the quote being says, I just want to be alive because he wants his health because the spleen is still enlarged. So at least he's concerned for his health. But Adam Gase wasn't because Adam Gase let Sam Darnold take the entire first team reps the entire week until Luke Falk at the very end of the week before the game, before the report finally came out that Sam Darnold wasn't going to be ready to play. Then he gets a few practices in and that's it. And is Adam Gase just, should he even be in front of the uh, coaching staff at all? Well, I'll tell you, this is how it works out in the National Football League. Apparently there was a disconnect between the OC and the head coach. Uh, can we both agree on that or not? Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so in the event that um, Donald comes to uh, Jay and says, hey, Jay, I can play this week, man. I'm feeling a lot better. You know, I, I think I got this. Let me see how I feel in practice. So he goes, Sam goes through practice, you know, three, four days, two or three days, and he feels pretty good. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to play, you know, blah, 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 blah. The doctors come in and say, nah, uh-uh, your spleen is still enlarged. You can't play this week. I don't care how good you feel. You can't play this week. How the hell am I going to tell the head coach? Like, quarterback can't go. So he goes to the quarterback. I mean, he goes to the head coach and say, hey, Adam, uh, we got an issue here, man. Um, Sam can't go, man. So then the head coach is like, dude. I, you told me that he was going to be able to go. I understand what the doctor said, that he couldn't go early in the week, but you assured me that you was going to go because just like all people, coaches included, we like to hear good news and we hang our hat on the good news no matter how bad the news is. Like we see Saquon Barker looking good. He looked like he can play. Play him. That's good news. Wait, wait, wait. You don't want to so, hear that he's out for six, eight weeks. So are you so giving Adam Gase a pass? Are you putting this on Loggins I'm, I'm, instead, I'm of, instead of Gase? I'm 100 giving him a pass, and, and this is why I'm giving him a pass. If you notice, before a head coach is normally fired, that head coach fired all his coaches underneath him because it gives him time to get his shit together. And right now, even with him getting it together, it still may not be enough to save his job. But I'd rather sacrifice my OC, DC, and assistant coaches before I sacrifice my livelihood, if that makes any sense. I mean, it makes sense, but I, th I think that in this case, so do you think that Loggins could be fired? Do you think Gase cuts him before the end of the year and says it's all your fault, Mr. OC? Uh, Yeah, I think. I, I, I think that's truly what it boils down to because, I mean, look at it. I, the writing's on the wall. Like, if you think about it, uh, you know, coach did the same thing in Pittsburgh. Coach yeah. Tomlin did the same exact thing. Like, what did he? But doesn't he? But doesn't Tomlin time? have a little more clout for what he's done in his career versus what Gase? But even even clout, when you lose and in a in an organization where you normally win, clout doesn't mean anything. It means like you're on your way out of the door. So in order to buy yourself time, do I need to get rid of our quarterback coach? Do I need to get rid of our offense coordinator? What do I need to do? He get rid of the offense coordinator. It bought him time. A lot of people was like, hey, it's not Coach Tomlin's problem. It's, uh, you know, Coach Haley's problem. He get rid of Coach Haley. Now you look at it, he'll get another year out of Pittsburgh because he lost Ben Roethlisberger this year. So people are more like, ah, okay, I understand this. Which will be the same thing Adam will get because he's going through the same similar situations. Like, hey, I'm not playing with a full deck. And because I'm not playing with a full deck, then what I'm doing with what I have is potential. 
So because I have potential, we'll give you another year. Because it's not like coaches are better than him. Name one coach that's better than him that's on the street. Because if he was better than him, he wouldn't be on the street. If you hear my voice here, that means we've reached the end of our ride. But there's good news. You can listen to more of the show and get 40% off by subscribing to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash to be honest. That's theathletic.com slash to be honest. You'll be able to hear the full show in D'Angelo's most honest takes of the episode. Okay, now you know. Tune in next week and we'll talk soon.